You're listening to the CX Pod from T-Tech and the Customer Strategist Journal. Hi, I'm Liz Legowski, Editor-in-Chief of the Customer Strategist Journal. Today I'm here with Senior Staff Writer Judith Aquino, who recently attended the Forrester CX NYC event. Hey, Judith. Hey, Liz. So at the event, I know that Forrester referenced that it's in its customer experience index, they found that more companies are becoming stagnant in delivering their CX. And some brands are looking to try to rejuvenate them in new ways. So what, what did you find out? Right. So I had a really interesting conversation with Harley Manning, the research director of customer experience at Forrester, about new research his team has put together that shows more and more consumers are taking a brand's values in terms of its social and political values into consideration when making buying decisions. That's really interesting. It's it's not something brands had traditionally done. Right. And at the same time, though, Harley um, made a point that there isn't one approach to values-based marketing that brands uh, should use. There are actually many factors to consider. So we talked about those factors and how to be strategic about it. One of the one of the key messages here is that you have to challenge common wisdom and you have to go look to the data, which is both qualitative and quantitative, to figure out what your customers really want. Now when you once you start down that path of trying to more deeply and systematically understand your customers, you sometimes get some surprises. Sometimes you get some disturbing surprises. And so one of the things you're going to see Anjali Lai talk about uh, right after the break is some data that shows that over half of U.S. customers now consider the values of a brand before they buy from them. And that's not just millennials. That's across the demographic. It's not. It varies a bit by demographics, but it's on Mm -hmm. average, if you look across the entire population, over half of customers are, are doing this, some more so than others. And what I've come to realize is that some people care passionately about this. Some people think that it's not even a thing. When you look at the data, you see that more people care about it than don't care about it. So we've crossed that line. And this happened pretty fast. So uh, I'm sure this is quite surprising to a lot of companies that their customers are getting more tribal, not just in general, but specifically with regards to who they want to do business with. Mm -hmm. So to your point, if you are a company, you have to have a strategy about this. You you have to have a sense of what Rick will talk, Rick Parrish will talk about, which is, do we stand for something political, social, moral, or do we not? And do our customers care about these issues or not? Mm-hmm. And then you have to make some hard choices. Right. It sounds like a chicken or an egg type of question. Like, mm-hmm. are your values something you agreed on, you defined yourself first, mm-hmm. or do you survey all of your customers and figure out what what's important to them? I can imagine some mm-hmm. customers could see it as inauthentic if <laughs> they're being wow. asked to define for the company what values it should have. Yeah, you're zeroing right in on, on some of the key <laughs> issues that are, are happening here. So uh, it, it, first of all, we, we look at it, it's sort of 
when we look at it in a, in a matrix with two axes, I was going to say two by two, but it's actually three by three <laughs> as it turns out. And so the first axis is one of the things you just touched on, which is as a company, do you have these values? You can have your corporate values and not have a political or moral or social stance. Mm -hmm. And that's perfectly fine. Um, you could, as a company, just say, I'm going to be very carefully monitoring the values of my customers, and I'm going to make sure I reflect those values. Or you could have deeply held political, social, ethical values. Mm -hmm. And the other access is, what do you do about it? You could do nothing. You could signal to your customers that, yes, I have or I reflect these values or you can try and build these values into your customer experience. Mm -hmm. So that gets you to nine different cells. Hugely important in this is authenticity. So if you are a brand that does not have deeply held political, social, moral values, and you try to communicate that you do, people mm -hmm. are gonna pick up on that and it's not going to be received well. Right, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Uh, flip side of that is, let's say you do have those deeply held values and you try and hide it. Well, these days it's hard to keep a secret. Mm -hmm. And so we see examples of companies that were being inauthentic by not being who they actually are. Yes. Now, assuming that you do have these, uh, and, and by the way, most companies, it seems, we have yet to do addition, you know, full research on this, but our initial assessment is most companies aren't right now um, saying and or claiming that they have these deeply held values. They're, you know, they're traditional. They're essentially saying, no, we're just here to provide you with a great product and that's who we are and we're going to treat you well, but we're not going to tell you whether or not we believe in climate change or we're Trump supporters or we're pro-choice or pro-life or, and, you know, LGBTQ or, or, or right. Yeah. We're just not going to, we're just, we're, we're out of that debate. Mm -hmm. We're just staying out of that debate. And for right now, um, that's fine because it hasn't peaked yet. Mm. And it may be fine for some companies for the indefinite future, but it may not. That's the thing you gotta watch very carefully. Mm -hmm. If your customers become so tribal that it goes from, I won't do business with you if you don't share my values, to um, I won't do business if you don't share my values, and then you, you better have values because that right there tells me you're a bad person if you don't have them, bad company if you don't have those values, right? right. So. That could happen, and, and in fact, given the segmentation of the market, it probably has happened with some customers. I'm trying to mm -hmm. figure out if values are still, are we still on the stage of talking about them as a nice to have, mm -hmm. or is like the same way we used to talk about how important personalization is. Yeah, <laughs> now that's funny. It's values. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's it, there are so many of those things, right, and how they come and go. Uh, the values thing seems to be on the rise in America right now and there it's not so much we're, we're not urging anyone here to uh, adopt values if they don't already have them uh, what we're trying to help them understand is how to figure out where they sit on that three by three matrix and then which of the nine boxes are viable and which are not and then ultimately where you might want to move so, for example, let's say that you're a company that has deeply held core values. Mm -hmm. uh, Chick-fil-A is a great example of this. And Chick-fil-A could have chosen to just pretend that this wasn't true. 
but they didn't do that. It's pretty clear. Everybody knows Chick-fil-A. That tends to be the first example everybody thinks of. Mm -hmm. They could also have tried to have, uh, you know, I guess, no pun intended, you know, bake it into the experience of getting a sandwich, right? Yeah. You know, it could be, welcome, here's your Christian chicken sandwich. But they don't do that either. Mm -hmm. So what they do is that, that option of signaling their values. They signal their values by being closed on Sunday. They signal their values by when you walk into their stores, uh, that music that you hear, that's hymns, that's church mm -hmm. music. Now, no lyrics. So if you are part of the church-going group who recognizes hymns, when you walk into Chick-fil-A and you hear that music, you're thinking, ah, this is a good place for me. Mm -hmm. However, if you're not part of that group and you walk in, you might think that's an interesting and very different choice of music, but you're not going to pick up on it. So they're not signaling stay away, or their signal is not saying stay away. Their signal is specifically to a particular kind of group saying this is a good place to be. Right. And that's viable. Mm -hmm. that, that's that's yeah, very viable. A layered yeah. approach. Right. And there, and there are some people who, uh, we, we, you know, we, we encounter them. Some people who say, no, I'm not going to go into Chick-fil-A and have a Chick-fil-A sandwich because, you know, I don't like their values. That, that, is, a, that is a thing. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people who just really aren't all that caring about that. And then there are people who do care about it, and it's a positive. And I, I bring this up because this is, I think, illustrative of the kinds of things that are going to increasingly happen. Mm -hmm. which is uh, you will have, for any values you signal or any values you build into your experience, you're going to have those people who see this as a big plus and go there. You're going to see people who see this as a minus and stay away. And that group in the middle who doesn't care is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Right. Yeah. And one more question around the, um, I guess, the data aspect of this. Mm -hmm. of how do you prove out which... Um, I guess which group you care about and what of course what what CX metrics <laughs> should mm -hmm. be tied to the values um, what trends are you seeing so far yeah so first and foremost is you have to start measuring this you have to this has to be one of the things that you need to start understanding about your customers so when you're surveying them about where you're satisfied and get you, did you get your order in time you're also going to want to think about doing some studies where you ask them about their political and social uh, beliefs because you need to know that because one of the worst things that could happen to you as a brand is that you get a shock and discover that your customers really care about something um, that you weren't paying attention to and that, I mean that could be anything but in this, it's just in this case we happen to be talking about political social moral values mm -hmm. so you have to start asking about those things you have to start interviewing people about those things you need the quant and you need the call because otherwise you risk having this run away from you. Right, but is this something that would only apply to the U.S.? I could see with in over in Europe mm -hmm. with GDPR mm -hmm. regulations, this would be difficult to collect, like in terms of that type of data. Yeah, so it depends upon how you ask it. Mm -hmm. uh, you can do qualitative studies too, where you can bring people in. You can just have conversations, and you begin to understand it. I would say that in in Europe, uh, I mean, GDPR doesn't totally stop you from doing anything although mm -hmm. some days it feels like it's trying to uh, but the fact of the matter is in, in Europe uh, 
Europe is as polarized as the U.S. Uh, you, you look at some of the elections over there, you look at some of the tribalism over there. So it's important for companies to have a, have a good sense of that. Right. And, in, and with increasing levels of granularity, uh, even, even things that you think of as core values, like uh, patriotism. Mm -hmm. So we probably, most Americans would say, yeah, I'm patriotic. Patriotism, though, the exact way it manifests itself is very different up in Blue Boston area where I live and down in Red, uh, Maryland, and Virginia area where Rick Parrish lives. So down there you might see a, a flag where the stripes are assault rifles. And people think that's patriotic. They think this is you know, Second Amendment, it's part of the Constitution, this is me defending my country, defending my rights, da da da, da. Whereas someone else who would say that they're patriotic in the North might look at that and be horrified. And in fact, that's a real example. We, uh, we put up that image in front of a group of analysts and, and just said, let's see what your reaction is. And it was like, <gasps> you just made that up. And no, no, it's because you live in the Boston area. You've never seen that, you've never heard of it. You don't know that that's a thing. And so that's what I mean. It's really important to know uh, whether your customers have these types of values and how they think of those values. So get, you need to actually drill down and get specific. Mm -hmm. You know, one place that's interesting that we uncovered in our research, I had never heard of them, but now I'm fascinated by them. It's a regional barbecue chain called Mission Barbecue. Oh, okay. It's down south. They have this big patriotic theme going on, and they're serious about it because every day at noon, everybody in the restaurant, customers as well as staff, stops what they're doing and they stand up and they sing the national anthem. Wow. So if that's something that appeals to you, then Mission Barbecue is the place to be at noon. And that's a key point. This really gets you into segmentation. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, I frankly, I don't care what you're singing. I don't want to stop at noon when I'm eating and get up with a mouthful of food and I sing very badly. I don't want to get up and sing anything. I don't want to sing the Hallelujah Chorus. I don't even want to sing my favorite song. I don't want to sing in public. And nobody who's ever heard me sing wants me to sing in public either. Right, so that's something I would, if I ever go to a Mission Barbecue, it will be, you know, after the noon song. But that's okay if you're clear and you're upfront about it. It's when you get a bad surprise. So. Bad, bad surprise. Um, here's again something I didn't know that came out in the research. The uh, husband and wife couple who, I think they were husband and wife, they were a couple anyway, who started Curves. So Curves message is we're the workout place for women, we empower women, you know, this is, you know, be with women. So very positive message. But this couple was actually contributing to conservative Christian causes, so they were not exactly pro-choice. Uh, yeah. So when that got out and women started saying, wait a minute, I'm paying you money and you're turning around and taking some of that money and you're contributing to things that are gonna restrict my reproductive rights. I don't like that, mm -hmm. right? So uh, if you have these values, you need to, that's, this needs to be part of a conversation about what do you do about those values? Because to my earlier point, you can't hide that. And so how about, how far out do you think it'll take before these um, like conversations around values start to affect, say, the CX index? And mm. maybe we'll see a lift. 
Um, I expect, given that we just saw things cross the 50% mark, that we'll probably see it as early as next year. It might be a little hard to isolate, mm -hmm. so data science is only so good. Uh, but I expect that we will start looking for it. Uh, well, actually, we'll start looking for it in this year's data. That's part of the problem of a large data set. Until you ask the question and get a data scientist to go spend some number of hours looking at it, you don't know. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't find the impact happening right now on some brands. It would be brand by brand. Okay. Well, thanks so much for the really interesting conversation. Oh, you're welcome. To learn more about bringing humanity to business, Come see us at ttech.com or subscribe to our journal at customerstrategistjournal.com. Thanks. See you next time.